Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 102 of the Corona Diaries. (laughs) And um, you can't make me laugh, H, this morning. He's, it looks a bit like a razor, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? La- ladies and gents, uh, your favourite singer is, is, now, is, now, is now shaving himself with a microphone. <laughs> it does look a bit like a Remington, doesn't it? It does, yes. The Remington. Yeah, a Remington. Uh, you better tell everybody where you are. What a great word Remington is. Oh, Remington's um, a great word. I mean, Woodge, which is another great word. Woodge. Mm. Well, Lods pronounced Woodge, or Woodge right. written Lods, depending on, you know, uh, if you're English. It's an L with a line through it, which is actually called a, a way in uh, Poland. I, I was once reliably informed years ago. And the Z is a J. So although it looks like Lods, it's Woodge. Oh, and and that's o, it for this episode got... of Grammarcast. <laughs> The o, the O's got dots above it, which makes it an O. So it's right. Woodge. Woodge. Yeah. Woodge. Woodge. So you're in Woodge. I am. It's about like lots. I mean, Woodge, it's, it's raining. It was sunny when I woke up, and now it's come on to rain. So uh, changeable, I think, the weather is, and I'm looking out on a on a lovely park with a really ugly factory just behind it. So a bit of both. A bit of both. Do you, you better explain why you're in Poland for those who don't know. Oh, um, well, we're here because we have the very first of our uh, weekends, which kept getting moved and spread out and moved about. And um, as it turned out, Poland ended up being first. So we will play Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. And we play three different sets. I think we're planning to play Season's End tonight. Mm. with Gaza for the encore and maybe another one. Uh, tomorrow night we will play the whole of the new album from beginning to end. Wow. Plus, um, I don't know, a couple of other things, The Invisible Man and um, things I've forgotten. And then on Sunday night, um, Mark Kelly, bless him, had the brilliant idea, because someone has to have one, of... Um, doing a set of Marillion's up-tempo songs. Yeah. So... A dance set. It's all rock and roll on Sunday night. It's all... uh, When I say up-tempo, I mean, you know, above 85 BPM. (laughs) (laughs) Which is... Which is rare for us. So we what you really say? We don't often go to such heights of petty hysteria, but, but we, we do occasionally, as you know. So less death and less damp? Less death, less water, more, uh, more, more, slightly more head-bangy. Right. So lots of up-tempo stuff on Sunday, just because we've never 
done that before. We've never just right. done the up-tempo stuff. Ooh, I'm trying to think what the up-tempo stuff would be. Um, well, so I would think of something like Between You and Me yes, would be up-tempo. Yes, you've got to scrape around uh, for our up-tempo stuff, but you've, you've successfully scraped into Between You and Me. Right, OK. I, rich or Deserve would, would, would both seem up-tempo oh, for me. Oh, yeah, they would have been good, but we didn't put either but of them in the set. No. Um, we, what did we put in? I guess it wasn't all... We... we Put, uh, we we're actually going to do um, how can Answer, it how can it, how hurt, can it hurt from yeah, yeah. you know the the, the yeah love that and, yeah, that's good live it's, it's fantastic quite rock and roll uh, the release of course uh, of course uh, um, everybody's new favourite track yeah whatever is wrong with helped you. by this podcast <laughs> whatever is wrong with you and. I couldn't get them to play most toys. I lent on them and they weren't having it. They weren't having it. No. What about um, something off radiation? So answering machine original vibe, that's up-tempo. Yeah, we had a go at that and decided it, it wasn't great, so we, right, we, okay. we chucked that out. Right, okay. Um, Under but, the sun, that's fairly up-tempo. Yeah, that would have been a good one. But we yeah. didn't we, we not do that either. That. <laughs> Accidental man, that's fairly up-tempo. Yeah. <laughs> You're not doing that either, are you? <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe it's. Do you know, not next time you think about this, give us a shout, and maybe I'll, I'll take your tempo th- set. Uh, <laughs> I think it may have wandered in the general direction of mid tempo as soon as we got involved. <laughs> Hard as love. That's on tempo. <laughs> that's in the set. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's a that, that's a good one. That's then. in the set. And uh, holidays needing's up tempo. Uh, yes, that is. We're not doing that either. No, no, no. We're no. doing woke up, which is uh, oh, I love that. I love do, that. We're doing woke up. We're doing this town. That's up tempo. Uh, we're doing Lords of the Backstage. Ooh, because um, that's up tempo, and Ooh. it's in thirteens. I've never realised it's in thirteens, yeah. or is it in elevens? It's in old money. 13 and 6. In a prime number. (laughs) 4 and 11. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm available. I mean, if next time you have this idea, if you want me to talk you through your back catalogue, I'm I'm more than happy to. Yeah, well, we probably should. I will make that call next time. Right, okay. Because, I mean, Under the Sun could have been cool, actually. I like Under the Sun. And Holidays in Eden. That was good last time we played it. So, yes. Well, there's a fair amount of it. Anyway. There's a lot of stuff, and it's up tempo. Yes, right, for okay. the most part. For the most part. Mm. Um, and what what I will do, though, you people won't hear this, but I will put a note in the notes so people know there are spoilers. So, because I'm assuming you're going to keep some of this for the other weekends, are you? I think it'll be identical. Yeah. Unless this is a unqualified failure, <laughs> disaster, <laughs> in which case there'll be. <laughs> there'd be emergency measures right okay a long way down the line if you're just coming out of the last night of Leicester and it wasn't up tempo numbers <laughs> then it didn't work <laughs> alright it didn't work uh, but I'll put a little note for spoilers to say you drop back in at whatever time if you don't want to know what's in the sets but they sound brilliant well hopefully they will be the new album's sounding great in rehearsal mm. so I'm looking forward to playing that of course I'll no, Welcome to Eat Your Words. I always thought it'd be good to have a game show called Eat Your Words with a really cheesy organ intro and a, and a, a really smooth compare. 
who invites people on and plays them little little vocal snippets of things they said in the past. And welcome to Eat Your Words. And it would be remiss, because it's TCD, not to pick up on the phrase cheesy organ, but we'll pick up on it and then mm. we'll go past it. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Wonderful. You were in so, like Flynn there, weren't you? I, I, well, I, I, yeah, the, the, little, the little alarm went off. <laughs> the pornographer's alarm went off. <laughs> carry on, carry on short. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the old bat phones on my desk. It just glows. Um, <laughs> what does <laughs> the, the, the little pornographer's oh, alert? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you're there and you're safe. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm not in the safe. No, oh, I'm safe. You're there and you're safe, and you've and and we must talk about we must talk about because and it's actually is fading a little. But you came on screen this morning with this big kind of. Sort of scar on your head. It's still there, actually. It, it is. It is still there, isn't it? And I said I've never noticed that scar before. Oh. I've got two. Look, I've got a vertical one from years of frowning. Yeah. And then I've got uh, this other one that's almost at a perfect forty-five degree angle. That looks like a riverbed this morning in the in the sideways light that's coming in from the window, which is exacerbating it. Or, or I yeah. hope it's exacerbating it, unless it looks like that all the time. Which, which I've might. never noticed it, and I've done a hundred and one oh. of these things. Well, I normally fill it in with grout, <laughs> grouting, grout. <laughs> um, Did you not take your precision trowel with you? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> never been mentioned in the diary when you've left your trowel behind in a hotel room. No. Um, no, it's from years of sleeping on my hand. Because I sleep, for the most part, on my left-hand side with my head on my hand. Just just do that again. Just just do that how you sleep again. Right, OK. I'm going to capture uh-huh. that as a screenshot. All right. Right, I've got that now. So we'll share that with everybody so they understand exactly <laughs> visually what you were yeah, what you were getting at. Um, but I've never I've never never noticed it. It is quite pronounced, isn't it? It is. It's wicked today. I look like yeah. um, I look like I've been surgically. Well, you do interfered you do. with. Yeah, I mean, I did mention when I first saw it about alien abduction. Yes, well, uh, I've never told you about that. Right, because. I wanted to keep that to myself. I made them a little promise, and I said I wouldn't tell anybody. You made the aliens a little <laughs> promise? Yes. Right, OK. <laughs> and of all the people they could have come after, they thought yours was the brain that needed a bit of looking into. Further research. <laughs> Further research. <laughs> yeah. What is driving what that man does? We need to investigate this a little bit more. He doesn't seem to be like the others. Let's have a look. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't seem to be like the others. There's the title for the episode, if ever we needed it. It's all a bit... I think we felt that we could get away with an episode that was a bit looser because we've we've made a bit of effort for the last few, haven't we? There's no doubt we've made quite a bit of effort. Yeah, we've had guests and structure. We've had guests and structure and all sorts. We've almost had structure. Yeah. And we've gone back to no guests. We've gone back to what we do. No what structure. we do. What we do best 
just talk total nonsense. Right, so you're in Poland, but then you're moving on from Poland, aren't you? You're going to you know, Denmark, aren't you? I personally am, yeah. I'm flying to... Well, that reminds me. I've got to text Frenchy. Oh, hello. Um... Yeah, um, I'm I'm flying from here to Copenhagen on Monday to have a little holiday. So if you're expecting a birthday card, it's either going to come very early or very late because I stuck about 20 of them in the post before I left in order to, to try and get me through the next fortnight. So a lot of people are going to get uh, early birthday cards. Some people, the unlucky ones, are, are going to get a late one. Very late. Because I'll have to do them when I get back. Because right. I, you know, I mean, I can do, I can send them from Denmark, but the Danish postal system is second only to sticking it on a donkey or chucking it in a bottle and throwing it in the sea. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've had some very iffy experiences with Danish post. They have, they, there's a reason they're the happiest nation on earth. It's because they don't give a fuck. <laughs> Good on them. Exactly how they should be. But they're very conscious of design. Yes. So, you know. Yes. And they're very good at solving murder. Mm. Mm. Uh, along with all those Scandinavians. Mm. Mm. Very good at that. In, in a very yes. dark, kind of grimy way. Yes. Yes. Lovely. Um, so back on to weekends then. So... What's next? Because Poland's first. Poland's first. Then I get back from Denmark on April the 22nd, which is my mother's birthday. God rest her soul. And she had a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Big up to you, Mum. And then three days later, I fly to Florida for Cruise to the Edge. Ah, and then yes. we do Cruise to the Edge and... Can you hear that? There's like a... No. There's a lot of noise in my... It might be me air conditioning. It's not me. Um, So I get back from cruise to the edge just in time for my birthday. I think I'm at home for my birthday, which was pure luck. Mm -hmm. And then off to Stockholm for for the, the second of the two weekends. Um... And then after Stockholm, I think we got Leicester, and after Leicester, Leicester we got Montreal. So I'm back on a plane across the pond, and then after Montreal, Lisbon, right. which will be in June. So it'll be boiling hot and lovely. Hot. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or boiling hot and not lovely. Well, depending on your idea of lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That mm. is fairly fun packed. So you've got a fun packed. April and May, haven't you, really? Yeah, it is fun-packed, to be honest. I'm looking forward to all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just going to be great to get out with... I mean, I know we did the shows. Obviously, there was the shows, um, you know, back end of last year, which were all fantastic. But there's something special about the weekends. Yes, and then and then going forward, I might get up with uh, Trevor Horn at Cropperty Festival in August. Oh, right. Um... And then into September, we, we're touring UK mm. and Europe again. So looking forward to all of that. Lots of playing. Particularly the uh, Le Zenith in Paris, which is, is, you know, I've got a soft spot for and is always amazing. So I'm already looking forward to that. But I'm looking forward to all of it. Mm. I'm looking forward to 
getting two or three shows under our belt with the new album because I think once that is gig tight, it'll be shockingly good. Yeah. It's already good, but we had one day in rehearsal where it was really spot on and it was awesome. So excited about that as well. And this might sound like an odd question. Please, if it does, just tell me it's not a question. But it sounds to me like it'll be a slightly easier, not easier, might become a tighter live album than Fear. That doesn't mean that Fear wasn't tight, because it, it was, but there's something about the songs. Mm. They don't seem to go through quite as many transitions. They seem to have an underlying... I mean, you said it's a more up-tempo record. Mm. So that's got to work its way out to how they work live as well. I don't know. Just listening to it, having listened to it a lot, it sounds like an album that's really, really going to work really well live. Yeah. That's an odd question. But the answer is that um, you're probably right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly sounding... When we got it right, which took a long time, because so much of it is to do with the the right little colours and noises happening in the right places, yeah. uh, which may sound a bit anal, but if they don't, it doesn't quite work. And so Steve Rothery has had to learn all of those, and they're all a bit random because of the way that the, um, the album was um, constructed in the first place. But he's got them down now, and, the, you know, now, that, now he's got all the little details down. They're really sound. It's really sounding cool. Um, so, yeah, I think if you look at the last album, it was more bitty, I suppose. Mm. You know, El Dorado and the Levers particularly. Oh, and the New Kings, to be honest. But even Living in Fear, although that was more solid, was 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 very dependent on on being you played really spot on or it didn't quite have the magic so yeah this i think this one looks at some some songs look after themselves somehow um it's funny you know and some some other songs have to be beaten into submission mm. uh easter always looked after itself whereas would be a good example um well, New Kings kind of had to be beaten into submission, and, and so did The Leavers, because that's so complex in its arrangements. You've got like, you've got places where there's no drums and there's just loops, yeah. and then the drums are in, and then the samples are in, and you know it's it's it doesn't really work until it's all the programming sorted out. No, and they do become different, don't they? I mean, you always said that Invisible Man took a long time to get together as a mm. live tune. And that does sound... The live version does sound different to the album version. Not that mm. there's, a bad, there's anything bad about that. Mm. It's just the live version has a slightly different vibe to it. It seems to have a little more swing to it, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, which I guess is just a, a, a part of these things being put together to play live. But, I mean, Invisible Man's now just a stock live banger, isn't it? be good to you know. sing that again. It's uh, it's one of our best moments. It isn't our best moment, but it's right up there, I think, you know, top six as, or as, seven. As Mike mentioned in the story he gave. Did he? Uh, um, well, yeah, because he, he mentioned that point, didn't he, about, you know, what was the piece of work everybody thought was great and everybody said Invisible Man, at which point 
you know, it was like, oh, well, Dave put that together, and then that was Mike's kind of thing to go away and do his stuff. So, uh, mm. that, good story, that from Mike. It's quite nice. Anyway, let's go on to a bit of diary, because there's quite a lot of diary to go through. Um, two separate entries, um, and quite particular, actually, both of them. So, there's Amsterdam um, at the, um, the, the Heineken, Heineken Halle. Yeah. I guess it's Halle. That was a good uh, gig. Uh, I can't work out who sponsored that particular venue. No. And then uh, over to Strasbourg, which sounds like a slightly, well, not a weird day. One of those gigs, one of those gigs. That it was a weird gig for me, but it was notable as a day of the day I bought my Fender Acoustic Telecaster. Yes. Which yes. I still treasure. And everybody I else. I love that guitar. Everybody wants that guitar off yes. me. Pete keeps yes. sidling up and saying, you, you know, if you ever want to sell that... I'm, I would consider trading my bottom two sections of stair carpet for it. Would you? I thought you were going to say bottom teeth. No. (laughs) No, I'll stick with my bottom teeth. Or bottom for that. Or bottom even. (laughs) That's a different (laughs) transaction. A totally different transaction, that. You've you've really got to want something. (laughs) You've really got to want something, yes. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. The bottom two sections of stair carpet, your bottom two steps of oh, carpet, yeah. which obviously I own. Right. Uh, yes. I'd consider. I'd consider doing a trade. Lynetta might be the better person to have that conversation with. Actually, she might. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, there'll come a point where where she'll she'll go, darling. I'm bored with the stair carpet. Can we change it? And I'll go. All right. Yeah, and, and I'm actually going to get the. T- you are going to send the, me, in, aren't you? In the post. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be some day. <laughs> what if we just had delivered? Well, you're never going to believe this. A promise is a promise, Ant. Well, no, no, I, I, no, indeed, indeed. Well, look, we'll get to diary, yeah. uh, and we'll have a quick wrap up after the after the diary section. Okay. Here goes. Here goes. Where am I going? Where would tell me again? Oh, I'm going I'm to Amsterdam, Amsterdam first. Yeah. yeah, Amsterdam first. Yeah, crashing your car in Amsterdam. Hmm. Friday, 25th of May. Amsterdam Heineken Halle. Woke at the Holiday Inn Amsterdam. Showered and ordered coffee on room service. Forgot to ask for milk or sugar, so it came with neither. Had sugar and milk sent up. The simplest things can take ages when you live in hotels. Checked out. Hung around in the bar finishing Steve Rothery's lunch took the bus to the Heineken Halle and arrived in the maze which is the backstage area. Everything's painted white and grey and very disorientating. It's a brand new building and some of the details, like which floor you're on, have yet to be finished. Sound checked and was impressed by the acoustic quality of this enormous hall. It has been purpose-designed for electric music and you can tell. Wandered aimlessly around backstage, trying not to get lost. Chatted to Phil Harrison, who'd flown in from England, and made my way to the VIP balcony to watch the porcupine trees set. They sounded and looked great, like a mini Pink Floyd. With the basic light rig that they were using, the volume of colour was impressive, so I could see that our show was going to look even better with the additional intelligent light sources, which were not yet being used. 
I returned to the dressing room and told the boys that our show was going to look great out front. Now, the Dutch can be a funny bunch. We're very popular here in Holland, but I've done shows here where the response from the crowd has been distinctly icy. I've also done shows where the reception has been really great. You never know which way they're going to go. Well, it turned out to be one of those nights where everything just goes right from the moment you strike up. My sound was great and I was singing well, but in addition to that, I had a vibe going with the 5,000-strong crowd and everything I said to them seemed to be the right thing at the right time. I'm not someone who's ever developed a patter for the shows, i.e. saying the same things every night, being professional, so to speak. So my introductions and chat are pretty hit and miss. Tonight, though, it all felt right. Before 80 days, I made up a little song about Holland and the Dutch fans, and it all rhymed as it came out. Improvised things like this are fantastic when they work and really fire an audience up, but I have to be in the right frame of mind. As I hit the last note of the intro... Steve R hit the first chord of 80 days and to my joy it was completely in the right key for my improvised tune. This was pure chance but sounded like a masterstroke. It was good to be on a big stage playing to a large crowd again. I think if we ever made it really big I could be very comfortable doing the Freddie Mercury thing and strutting and stomping about working the stadium crowds. Shame really. We'd need to write a dozen hit singles first, of course, and that's not really what Marillion are about. At the end of the set, we came off stage to prepare for Encore One. By chance, a man went by wearing a huge beer dispenser, a tank of Heineken with a tap and a load of plastic glasses so that he could sell beer to the people in the crowd. We managed to persuade him to part with it and I strapped it on and returned to the stage where Pete and I handed out much-needed free beer to the front row. This raised the vibe higher still and so the encores were played in a great atmosphere. After the show, I showered before making my way to a bar area at the front of the gig and I really never have been mobbed in quite the same way in my life. I must have kissed and been kissed by over a hundred women and men in ten minutes. I signed a whole lot of autographs before I could get upstairs to the bar where I was mobbed all over again. It was terrific. But James Fishwick, who was playing the role of temporary minder, seemed to find it, well, scary. I think it could have been if I didn't know our fans the way I do. There's never anything to fear from genuine affection. Thursday. 29th of May, Strasbourg, La Laiterie. The boss stopped and remained still for some time, so I opened one eye, pulled back my little curtain and tried to focus my eyes on the blinding light that assaulted me. I couldn't see much to start with, but then out of the haze came several psychedelic cows painted on a large end wall of a building. This must be La Laiterie, Strasbourg, then. It was a beautiful sunny morning and I suddenly felt like I was in southern Europe after Lille in the north of France yesterday. I rolled out of my bunk, threw on a pair of shorts and climbed downstairs and out into the street. We were parked opposite some kind of conservatoire and there was the mute sound of a bassoon drifting from an open window somewhere. 
Occasionally, a young girl would emerge from a door, cross the quiet street in the sunshine and disappear into the building opposite. Ian M appeared in the open doorway of the bus, looking particularly cadaverous and grumpy this morning, and announced that he'd had about three hours sleep. I know Ian well enough to leave him alone at times like this. He climbed out of the bus and slumped down against the wall in the sunshine next to the truck which was being unloaded. This is Ian's way of letting our tour manager, Tim, know that he would like to be taken to a hotel very soon. From an otherwise empty street, a kid in his early teens appeared, dressed in rapper style, waistline round his arse, baseball cap at three o'clock, shoes undone, etc., carrying a substantial blaster and sat down next to the truck also. As I walked into the building, I began to chuckle to myself in anticipation of the scene which would surely unfold outside. If he turns that blaster on, Mosley's reaction will be swift, measured and extremely violent, I surmised. Note, he did, and it was. Still chuckling, I entered La Laiterie, which seemed dirtier and smaller than I'd remembered from last time. The dressing rooms were covered in the usual rock club graffiti. I never worked out what it is that drives grown men to scrawl ejaculating penises on the walls of rooms that they're then going to have to sit in for hours on end. I showered and emerged, still sweating. It's so hot today. Last time we were here, we stayed at a great hotel on the river in the stunningly beautiful old centre of town. I went looking for it. I walked into town, stopping to change up some cash, and mooched along the river, where I eventually found Le Petit Rejon Hotel. I have fond memories of the room I had last time above the weir on the River Ile, having breakfast, gazing out over the rushing water at the medieval buildings that border the river as it winds through the old town. I decided to set up camp on the terrace of the Petit Rejon's little brasserie, Le Pont Tournant. A few tables were set outside by the river, so I sat down and had a slow and excellent afternoon, drinking Gewurztraminer, my favourite wine, and spoiling myself rotten with a three-hour lunch. A friend, Chris Brockwell, had given me a copy of Ian Dury's biography before I left England, and so I chilled out in the sunshine, reading my book, enjoying lunch, and listening to the river flow. Boats occasionally went by, in and out of the lock below me. Across on the far bank was a little square where people were sitting out. There was a little man, impeccably dressed in a top hat and a tuxedo, who arrived in the square with a small hand-wound barrel organ, which set up a pleasant reedy tune in amongst the sound of the flowing river. All in all, I decided this was about as good as life gets. Eventually, around three, the staff began to clear cutlery, glasses and tablecloths from the tables and I put my book down and paid the bill. I wandered back through town, muttering, Reasons to be cheerful, part three, to myself as I walked, in search of a music shop. My tambourines are disintegrating. It seems they are not designed to be shaken. And a wine shop in the hope of finding a bottle of Gewurztraminer Grand Noble. You can't really get it in England down at the Offie. 
managed to find two bottles at 17 quid a pop. Not cheap, but then it really does taste like sweet orange marmalade. Wandered back towards the railway station and eventually found a little music shop. There was a semi-acoustic telecaster hanging in the window which caught my eye. Sunburst with an F-hole. Lovely. Went in and managed to buy a tambourine. Not really what I was looking for, but it'll do. I was about to leave when I found myself asking if I could have a feel of the telecaster in the window. Quick chorus of, How much is that telly in the window? All together now. It was second-hand and priced at 3,000 francs, about 300 quid. I tried it through a couple of amps and it sounded fine, so I knocked him down to 2,700 and bought it. By now the time was approaching 4.30 and I would be needed at soundcheck, so I returned in the general direction of the station, bottles clanking and tambourine tinkling in various carrier bags and a guitar bag strap cutting into my shoulder. At the station I tried to hire a taxi to take me to La Laiterie, but there was much amusement and shaking of heads amid volleys of unfathomable French. I think the cabbies were telling me it was only a short walk and not worth their trouble. I have never got on well with French taxi drivers. I was once nearly murdered by one in Paris with a lead coche. As there didn't seem to be much choice, I set off again on foot in the scorching heat with my carrier bags tinkling and my new guitar getting heavier with each step. I asked the way to La Laiterie from passers-by who all sent me for long walks in the wrong direction before eventually staggering, sweating, limping and jangling into the gig. I plugged the new guitar in at the sound check and it sounded very nice. Hooray! After soundcheck, we all had to hang around in the cartoon orgasm festooned depressing rooms. I was very conscious of the fact that I could be enjoying a beer by the river in the early evening sunshine only half a mile down the road, but we were trapped. No one had a car and I didn't fancy my chances of making it through the many fans who were outside waiting for the doors to open. The sun blazed in through the windows of the depressing room as the boys in the band hung around, totally absorbed in their laptops and palm pilots. Meanwhile, I became increasingly frustrated. Strasbourg's river eel continued to beckon. And so showtime edged slowly towards us while I read every pathetic declaration on every square inch of the four walls and ceiling. I went to have a listen to Robin Bolt, our opening act, who was playing brilliantly as usual down on stage. He finished his set and came upstairs, commenting that the sound on stage was very dead. He wasn't wrong. We descended to the stage. The heat was very intense down there. At centre stage, my sound had altered completely from soundcheck, totally dry, like being in a wardrobe full of feathers. During the show I struggled with the sound of my voice and tried to improve it by singing harder, eventually singing myself hoarse. The heat was exhausting. Every now and again a combination of influences in a show can bring about the downward spiral into frustration, self-loathing and general irritation. 
Unfortunately, tonight was to be one of those. I had to fight myself to remain on stage. There was nothing wrong with the crowd. I was just having a bad night and my voice wasn't working properly. Didn't feel much like going back on for the first encore, so the band jammed while I was getting my head together. It was a good jam and I had half a mind to leave them to it. But after a while it sounded like they were waiting for me. So I went on to sing Waiting to Happen and Between You and Me and things started to pull in an upward direction. By the end of Encore 2, I think I'd gone some way towards redeeming myself, but I came off stage in a bit of a state and sat in the shower tray with my head between my knees for almost an hour. At least the water was warm. The problem with touring is that after a few weeks, every aspect of the performance has a tendency to feel automatic and mechanical. I start to feel like a performing dog and I worry that all the sincerity and inspiration has been repeated out of it. This paranoia sometimes stifles me mentally and physically and I have to find ways of keeping it real and getting a vibe going. At Strasbourg, I failed totally. C'est la vie. So, all in all, it had been a great day, ruined by a bad show from yours truly. You can't win them all, but you can try. Must try harder. Got back on the bus around two and went to bed under a cloud. It was still too hot. And we're back! Um, and uh, two two great sections of diary. There's, there's loads in there I could I could go at. The first thing I'm going to have to ask you, though, in Amsterdam, what mm. was that gig? Because you mentioned you went to watch um, a porcupine tree set. Yes. Were they supporting? They were, it... Yeah, they were opening oh. for us at the Heineken Halle. Right. So I went and watched their show, and then, then we went on. So they did open for us, and they were very good, as as, as you wouldn't be surprised to hear. No. Um, so that was that was a cracking night, really. It was a good night. Did I ever tell you that about crashing your car in Amsterdam in a space? Because I did actually see that happen. I saw a tram come down the down the tram line in Amsterdam years ago, and someone had parked their car too close to it, and it didn't even slow down. It just went. Trashed it, (laughs) and uh, that's that was a sort of a genuine experience I had that led me to that metaphor, you know, of of you know damaging someone and not even slowing down, you know, just wrecked it and kept going. Going. But that clearly wasn't on this trip because that lyric was. Oh no, this was probably many, many years back. Yeah, when, when I was a kid almost. I, I, I was involved in a car crash in Amsterdam with a taxi. Were you? Yeah, and, and this taxi hit something else and got out, and the two drivers were arguing, and we figured out very quickly that we weren't going to get anywhere quick, so we just got out and got in a different taxi. Very just, wise. It didn't seem to be bothered at all uh, about the fact that we were in the. The back of the cab. Didn't no. Think about checking we were all right. Just got out to have a. Can't be a tete a tete, can it? Wrong country. What's the what's the what's the Dutch equivalent of a tete a tete? 
Well, I don't know. A tete-a-tete? Tete. You mean a scrap? Well, yeah, you know, a bit some, of a bit of some bit of form of argy bargy. Well, that usually happens after they after after they meet someone. Period. Really, isn't <laughs> it? It's a very. Um, I mean, the Dutch they do like a debate. Indeed, they, they do Indeed. like a bit of criticism. They like a heated exchange, don't they? They do, and I think the yeah. Brits struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. As speaking as a Brit, I do struggle with that sort of. The Dutch, um, you know, I really must criticise you immediately mm. thing, you know, because otherwise you, you'll think I'm not being truthful. They are <laughs> a bit in your face. Yeah, with whatever, whatever they don't like about you or something you've done mm. tends to appear in a conversation early on. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe it's healthy. Maybe it's healthy to, to, to start off and say, look, let me tell you the things I don't like about you. And yeah. then we can move past that. Let's get that out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. Then perhaps at some point you could consider improving yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the slight flaw in the plan, isn't it, really? That's the, maybe we're not going to get used to the Dutch way of doing things. <laughs> anyway, back to Amsterdam. It's cultural. Back to Amsterdam, yeah. So, yes, so you saw Pokemon Tree. And the set was good, and they were opening for you. I must also say that, you know, from of every country on earth, uh, Holland has been our most faithful throughout, mm. you know, in terms of support, both in terms of buying records, buying concert tickets and turning up and standing in the wind and rain waiting to see us. So it's churlish to, to criticise the Dutch because they have been... They've, they've cared for us and nurtured us over the years. They've slagged us off to our faces, but once they've got that out of the way... <laughs> and moved on. It's all been fine. <laughs> they've really looked after us. Good, good. So, well, it seems like you had a great gig. You've got to take the rough with the smooth. Well, indeed. Indeed. Um, always a phrase that I struggle with slightly, but um, it <laughs> seems like you had Did a great gig. Did your little gig. red telephone glow? Is it, yeah, my little... My little <laughs> yes, it's, it's going off again. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you had a really good gig. Yes, we did. It was a cracker. And I love it the idea of you purloining that beer off the the guy. With, I'm assuming it's like an ice cream tray, was it? No, it was like a huge haversack that you strap on. Oh, and right. It, and it has this big, like, can or barrel on, on the back with straps on, with these tubes that come over your shoulder with a tap on. And you can literally you just, you dispense just beer dispense from a beer. tube. But, uh, yeah. were, these guys were wandering around during the show, sorting people out with pints, which is great, which means yeah. they didn't have to move or lose their spot. And he just happened to go by as we came came out of the dressing room to do the odd course, and I said, oh, can't borrow that, can I? And he went, yeah, sure, and he gave it to me. <laughs> I went on stage wearing it. <laughs> you were suddenly on draft. I was on draft. Yeah, that, as you can imagine, that went down extremely well I, with the front I, row. I bet it did. <laughs> I, I think that's. I think it's brilliant. That would have saved a bad gig, but we were already having a good one. But you were having a good gig, so, so it, it took a good gig stratospheric, that didn't it? It, it did. Yeah, it was great. Um, Strasbourg, uh, which sounds like a Strasbourg. I can never never know if it's Burg or Borg. Anyway. I think it's Borg. Borg. Yeah, yeah Strasbourg. Um, well, it's got a U in it, probably. Should it's be. funny, Strasbourg, because or Strasbourg, because mm. I think it's it's a it's a French word, or it's pronounced as a French word, but it's actually further east than parts of Germany. 
because Freiburg, I think, is in Germany and is further it is. west. So there's a little bit of a kink in the border there. And parts of Germany are kind of, if you draw, if you draw a line north to south, parts of Germany are in France and parts of France are in Germany. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's the Alsace. And uh, Strasbourg is, um, is is an example of that. It's sort of east of of, of quite a lot of of, of 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 parts of Germany, and it's got a very German feeling architecturally. You'd think you were in Germany when you're walking around the old parts of the town, but you're in but you know you're in France because there's that sort of French feeling. Yeah, you know that that, that only the French have. You know that sense of Sensitivity and design. Um, Loads of roads blocked by tractors. I know what you mean. <laughs> Loads of people on strike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a beautiful spot. It's, it's, it's one of my treasured places on earth, especially that hotel of Petit Rajon. is just wonderful. Where you based yourself for the afternoon? I did, mm. with, with Ian Dury's biography. Mm. And, uh, I, I love the description. Person early on before you got there of Ian getting off the bus having not had enough <laughs> sleep looking particularly cadaverous which I think is a great phrase uh, and then that and then that young chap coming to sit next to him with some form of boombox and just waiting for the nuclear moment it just made me laugh I just, I just walked straight into the gig chuckling because I knew I was, oh that's going to get very ugly any minute now if he switches that on oh lord <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. It's a really funny section of diary, actually. There's quite a lot of it that's really, that makes you chuckle. Um, but I'm also, again, reminded when I, when I read it this morning of how much you like guitars as things. Mm. That's true. I do like a guitar as a thing, even though I'm not really... I've never applied myself to playing the instrument in the way that I applied myself to, to playing the piano when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I've never really been fascinated by guitars as a musical instrument. I've been fascinated by them as, as ob objets d'art, really, mm. as, 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 you know, the, the shape of them and the beauty of them and the, the craftsmanship of them, which I guess pianos have, you know, Pianos have a beautiful shape, you know, a grand piano has a beautiful shape and the level of craftsmanship is incredible. Mm. But the business end of a piano at the end of the day is just a set of black and white keys, whereas the business end of a guitar is sort of all of it, isn't it? You know, oh, yeah. You embrace yeah. it. Oh, without you hold a it in your arms like a, like a lover. Well, and the other thing about guitar that I think you also like as well, because I know you like a, 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 them as a thing, particularly when you look at the ones that you own and the ones that you also have said that you really like. But also there's a power in that moment. And, and I know it's the levers moment, but there's a power in that guitar chord, isn't there? Yeah, now and again, you, the, the, there's no feeling on earth quite like going yeah. at a big gig, you know, through yeah. an amp. It's a fabulous feeling, and uh, there's a lot bound up in it as well. There's a, you know, from when you were a kid, there's there's something heroic 
about mm. hitting a, a big chord on a guitar because there's been so many guitar heroes in the past. So even if you're a shit guitarist like I am and most patently not a guitar hero, there's still a feeling of heroism when I go bah, you know. I, I'm just for a microsecond. I'm Pete Townsend. Yes, and that's the one, isn't it? Of all the ones that's, that 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 kind of fall in your head with that big moment, it's kind of Pete, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's won't get fooled again. It's that won't get fooled again. When Roger goes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If if you're not in the habit of going on YouTube and searching up the Who live, go and do it because oh my lord. You know that they um, they they did a gig in Kilburn or something, and they're doing um, they're doing won't get fooled again, I think, or or maybe they're doing um, what's the other one? Who are you and all of that, and they're playing all those songs live, and Pete's feet don't touch the stage. I mean, it's mm. like he's hanging on wires. It's got so much energy, he's barely touching the ground at any point. <laughs> Um, just unreal. And Keith Moon's being Keith Moon, of course. Yes. So the two of them, between them, you know, I mean, Roger always did his best to keep up and swung his microphone around and threw shapes. But in terms of raw, passionate, almost malevolent energy, there was nobody quite like Pete Townsend. He was scary, mm. you know, the commitment he had to that process was it was like he was trying to prove something all the mm. time either to himself or to everybody else but uh, it, it's it's something to witness and very very few people before or since have ha have been able to deliver that level of mania and energy mm. and i think as well then you've also got Entwistle there looking mm. like he's been alive for centuries like he's got the knowledge of the universe, <laughs> you know, within him. What did they call him? him? They, they had a name for him, didn't they? They called him the... I can't remember what they called him. The, the, they either called him the bull or the horse or something. He had... His nickname was this big sort of solid animal. Mm. I can't remember which one it was. He's got a look of Rasputin about him, hasn't he? He's got, <laughs> a, you know, that kind of... That kind of almost mythical sort of... Um, being when I saw him in the seventies, he had the uh, those you know those bottles you have on a racing cycle, you know. Oh the, yeah. You know those. Hey. They used to have them. I don't know if they still have them, but there, there was like, to like a little, um, what would you call it, a receptacle, with with two bottles in it, um, and he had them on the mic stand. And one bottle had vodka in it, I think. The other one had tonic in it. And they both had that straws that came up the mic stand. Joined together. I, I, no, they were either side of his I mic, understand. so he could mix it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> in That's brilliant. In between bits of backing vocal, he'd be sucking on the vodka and tonic, you know. And or decide not to mix it. <laughs> or decide not to, yeah. depending on how the gig was going. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> Oh. Well, look, we better leave it there because less I'm just looking at the time. Less Red you, and, Bull, more tequila. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at the time and there's loads of diary to fit in. Oh, okay. Um, so we better, we better call it a day because this, this episode's going to be an hour and a half long. Always happens when we start with no plan. Well, lots of love from Woods, everybody. Yes. And, and 
And do you know the other thing that's happened while we've been chatting? What? Episode 101 has gone out to the patrons. Yes, during it, this. It flinged, it flinged across my screen. We're overlapping. We're overlapping. That's never happened before. We've never been live, effectively, when that happened. No. No, we're, we're ahead of the game. We've broken the, the sound game. barrier. Indeed. There's, there's just Indeed. a bow wave of, of, of sound behind us in my 300 mind. miles on water. Yes. I think you'll find. <laughs> right, you have a great few days. Thank you. And I'll catch up with you. I'll catch up with you next time. Well, I'll probably talk to you from Denmark now. Well, I think we should. I'll talk to you from the summer house next right. week at some right. point. Right. Well, let's let's say tata then for uh, for one o two, and we'll see everybody in one o three. Yes. See you all soon. Thanks for all the lovely guest book messages and messages that on the Patreon and the comments and everything. I do read them all, and they're they're uplifting. They really are. So keep the love coming. Uh, or, or, you know, or if you're pissed off, keep it to yourself. <laughs> Toodaloo. Lots of love to the Dutch. And sorry. This is last week's piano. I can't get to a piano. I'm in Poland. And it's Saturday Only one new beer Subscriber to TCD this week So thank you Nutty Dave Are you really Nutty Dave? Do you wear naughty clothing, naughty trousers, or a naughty jacket? Maybe you got naughty shoes, maybe in the fashion sense there's nothing that naughty about you. Maybe you're stuck raving mad Gotta do it Keep taking the tablets That should sort you out Good man Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.